welcome back, beloved. I am so excited for this video today. I was I was literally gleeful, if that's a word, while I was just putting it together a minute ago. And today we're gonna go over the key, or we should say keys, because there's two tips, uh, to understanding Bible prophecy. And we're actually gonna go through an Old Testament prophecy that's already been fulfilled as, as kind of an object lesson, a, a historical prophecy. Uh, but the key to understanding Bible prophecy, and really, uh, as we as we go through the Bible in general, just growing in our wisdom and knowledge of God, um, I love Revelation nineteen ten. Um, John goes to worship an angel, and he says, "Don't worship me! Don't worship me! Uh, I'm one of your fellow servants, the brethren, or I'm sorry, he's one of the brethren, one of the twenty four probably, um, who hold the testimony of Jesus." And he says, "Worship God." And then these words are what I really want to key in on. For the testimony, the story of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So tip number one, and Charles Spurgeon actually really echoed this. He said wherever he opened the Bible, Old Testament or New Testament, he would just search for Jesus as fast as he could. And that's truly how you grow into the, you know, understanding the scriptures, right? Like when you see Genesis chapter three, you know, now that I'm born again, I hear of this seed coming that would conquer the devil, uh, crush the devil. Now I see that, oh my goodness, that's Jesus, right? And so, you know, you're going to that next level there. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Okay, so that's number one. By keeping Jesus central, and we're going to go through after I show you this Old Testament prophecy, more of a historical prophecy, I'm going to go through it quickly. Um, we're going to go through and look at all the prophecies, or several, I should say, prophecies Jesus fulfilled from the law, from the prophets, and from the Psalms really quick, and you're going to be able to see it. And so here's what I wanted to explain. Prophecy all throughout the Bible is done to give glory to God through Christ. And what I mean by that is it, it seems to give God glory, his wisdom, his glory, in that he prophecy gives us a fuzzy picture of what is going to happen. And when the event takes place, it is crystal clear. And throughout the whole Bible, God seems to get glory by doing that. Right now I'm doing a Gog and Magog video, right? As, as this whole Russia-Ukraine thing is kicking off. And I'm always looking at prophetic literature, you know, Zechariah, Revelation, Daniel, all those books. I believe God is trying to give us a, a, a relatively clear picture of what will happen in the last days in those books. But I don't think it's meant to be crystal clear. And when we try and make it crystal clear, that's when we tend to fall into error. And so let me give you a perfect example of this. I'm so excited to share it with you. I hope I don't mess it up because if you see it the way I see it, you're going to get it. And then we're going to apply it to all these other prophecies. So here's the prophecy. We're in Jeremiah and you can go read this on your own time. I'm going to give you just the 30,000 foot view. Jeremiah is prophesying about Zedekiah. Zedekiah is the king of Judah. That's all you really need to know. You don't need all the drama behind it. He's prophesying against him. He's saying something bad is coming. There's a judgment coming, okay? And this is the prophecy. It's very straightforward. He is going to uh, speak to the king of Babylon. This was Nebuchadnezzar at the time. Speak with him face to face and see him eye to eye. Very straightforward. He's going to speak with the king of Babylon face to face. And most importantly, he will see him eye to eye. Remember the eye, okay? Then he's going to lead Zedekiah to Babylon. So he's going to be captured and led away to Babylon. Babylon is the enemy invader. That's all you really need to know for this. 
uh, there until I visit him, says the Lord. And then he says, though you're fighting with the Chaldeans, these are basically the Babylonians, you will not succeed. So this is a judgment. Zedekiah, you're going to lose. You're going to be carried away you know, to Babylon as a prisoner. You're going to speak with the king face to face and eye to eye. Well, then Ezekiel, very similar time frame within a decade or so, I imagine, has a separate prophecy about Zedekiah. And it almost looks like there's a contradiction. But then when it's fulfilled, it's truly shocking. It's truly amazing. So Ezekiel has a burden. That's a prophecy is often called a burden. It's burning in your heart. You're just they, the prophet like had to speak forth the words of God. So in Ezekiel chapter 12, he says, this burden concerns the prince in Jerusalem. That is Zedekiah. He says it's about the prince who is among them and the people. And this is what he says. So now it's another judgment. I'm going to break these down in a second so it becomes more clear. Um, basically, the prince should carry his belongings. There was a sign given at twilight. Go out through the wall of the city. Go through it. He'll cover his face so he cannot see the ground. That's so important. He can't see the ground. And then he, Ezekiel explains the vision. He says, uh, the Lord says, I'm going to spread my net over him. He'll be caught in it like a snare, like a trap. I'll bring him to Babylon, to the land of the Chaldeans, yet he will not see it, though he will die there. So we have a conundrum. Somehow he's going to go to Babylon, but he's not going to see it, but he's going to die there. And so here's the conundrum. And then when it happens, it becomes so clear. So here's the conundrum. How can Zedekiah see the king of Babylon face to face and eye to eye? How can he go to Babylon and never see it, even though he will die there? That doesn't make any sense. And, and when people are perplexed by scripture, they do just what Zedekiah does. They throw it away and they're like, ah, I'm not going to benefit from it. I'm not going to worry about it. All scripture is God breathed. It's profitable, guys. There is so much profit in studying the scriptures. Yes, if you get bogged down in the details and are getting stressed or anxious over it, that's not good. But scripture is, you know, the words of God. And, and so important that we don't just cast it off because we get confused. Look what happens. Look how this is so easily fixed. In 2 Kings, it records what happened. They took the king, Zedekiah. They bring him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah. He's not in Babylon. So he hasn't seen Babylon. The prophecy is true. But check this out. Then they pronounce judgment on him. They kill his sons, the sons of Zedekiah, before his eyes. Then they put out the eyes of Zedekiah. This is years later being fulfilled now bound him with bronze fetters, and took him to Babylon. Jeremiah records later on, he put out Zedekiah's eyes, bound him with bronze fetters, and carried him off to Babylon. So everything came true, okay? He saw the king of Babylon face to face and eye to eye. He did go to Babylon, but he never saw Babylon. Why? His eyes were put out. And so as everyone's studying this prophecy, as Zedekiah is looking at this prophecy, he's probably like, oh, that's so silly. One prophet saying this, another prophet saying this. I'm not even going to worry about it. Nobody could have known how this is going to be fulfilled. But literally, Nebuchadnezzar goes off his land to Riblah, judges him, puts out his eyes, carries him to Babylon. And now that it's done, and we as the children of God are looking back and studying this, we're like, glorifying God's wisdom. Like, look at this. God perfectly fulfills his word. So number one, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's 
Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. We're about to do that in a second. And I'm really hoping when we do that, I mean, my heart lit up as I was going through these. I hope yours does too. But here's number two, okay? Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. That doesn't mean God's word will fail. It means one day in heaven, we won't need these prophecies anymore. We'll see Jesus face to face, okay? Even knowledge will vanish away. My knowledge of God is going to be so much more fuller. It says we know in part and we prophesy in part. This is so important for me, but it's also important for you if you're discussing biblical prophecy or any scripture with people. Guys, we know in part we are all fallible. We prophesy in part. Like we understand God's prophecies partially. Nobody has a lock on the truth. And yet we should dedicate our lives to studying the scriptures. Like David said, how I love your law. I meditate on it day and night. Uh, your word has revived me, right? And so, but it's in part, you know, we're not perfect. We don't get it perfectly. We see in a mirror dimly, but then one day we're going to see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known, right? And so one day we are going to, you know, fully understand everything. After Jesus comes back and he fully brings this all to light, we are going to understand everything perfectly. But until then, we just diligently pursue the Lord, study his scriptures. I mean, uh, Paul's writing to Timothy. He says scripture is, is, is profitable. It makes you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ. All scripture points to Christ in some way, shape, or form. So now, just as we're studying Gog and Magog and these second coming prophecies, let's look back at some of these first coming prophecies. Remember, this is what Jesus did. This is Jesus on the road to Emos. He says, these are my words, which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. This is my prayer, and I pray God is listening right now, and he'll answer it. Right now, I'm hoping he will open up your mind as I explain the scriptures to you. Only he can do that. Only the Spirit can interpret the holy words of God. However, we are going to go through the law of Moses and see Jesus. We're going to go through the prophets and see Jesus. We're going to go through the Psalms and see Jesus very quickly. And I hope it pops in your eyes and like it becomes so clear to you. So I'm not going to keep saying when things were written, but this is the, the beauty that you have to understand. The law of Moses is 1500 years before Jesus is even born. And it's describing events thousands of years beforehand. The prophets, hundreds and hundreds of years before Christ was born. The Psalms, a thousand years before Christ was born. It's truly amazing. And now that Christ has been born and died and rose again, you guys get to see how clear it is because it's already been fulfilled. Check this out. Let's go, go to the law of Moses, okay? If a, Deuteronomy 21, if a man has committed a sin worthy of death he, and he is put to death and you hang him on a tree, his corpse will not hang all night on the tree but you will surely bury him on the same day. For he who is hanged is accursed of God. He who is hanged is cursed by God. Why? So that you do not defile your land, which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance. Whoa, whoa, why, why does God care so much who's hung on a tree? Why, why would that defile the land? That doesn't quite make sense. All the other laws kind of make sense. Don't lie, don't steal. All of a sudden, he who is hanged on a tree is cursed. And if you leave him overnight, you're literally defiling your land. Paul brings this to light in the New Testament in Galatian. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. He became a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. 
Uh, at the cross, brothers and sisters, the curse that I rightly deserve for my sin, Christ took that curse. He became a curse. He was taken off that night. He wasn't left over till the next night. It, it's truly amazing. Well, now let's go look at the prophets a little bit. Let's do that. Hosea chapter 11. When Israel was a youth, when, when the people, the Hebrews, the, the people of Israel, the Jewish people at the time was a youth, I loved him. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Uh, very straightforward. Go read the book of Exodus. The Hebrews were led out of Egypt through the Red Sea into the promised land. So this is clearly talking about Israel. This is written hundreds of years before Christ is born. Well, boom, Matthew chapter two is talking about Jesus, obviously. He remained there. He remained in Egypt until the death of Herod. He went to Egypt. He fled to Egypt. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, through the Jose. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Just like it said, out of Egypt, I called my son. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Is it Israel or is it Jesus? It's both and, you see? Israel is a foreshadow. Israel is the nation through which the Messiah came. And when he came, just like Israel came out of Egypt, Christ went to Egypt and then Christ came out of Egypt. He fulfilled that. That was a foreshadowing. It's truly amazing. Let's look at one more prophet. Isaiah chapter 53, 700 years before Christ. We hear of this coming arm of the Lord, this coming Messiah figure. He was pierced through for our transgressions, for our sins. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging were healed. It says all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity, the sin of us all, to fall on him. It says he was oppressed and afflicted, but he didn't open his mouth, right? Before Pontius Pilate, Jesus was silent. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. He's like a lamb led to the slaughter. Like a sheep that's silent before it shears. He didn't open his mouth. For 700 years, people must have been asking, who is this man coming that our iniquities are laid? I, I don't understand what's going on. And then John chapter 1, as soon as he sees Jesus, John the Baptist says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, that's the law of Moses. That's the prophets. Let's take a look at the Psalms. There's thousands to choose from verses that show Jesus, but I'm just going to choose a few from Psalm 22. It literally starts with the words Jesus said on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? It goes on to say, I'm a worm. I'm not a man. I'm a reproach of men. I'm despised by the people. Why was he despised? He says, dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers have encompassed me. Remember, Jesus led into the Roman praetorium. The, the curse, the thorns crushed into his forehead. He's beaten by the Romans. They're mocking and spitting on him. It says, they pierced my hands and my feet. They divided my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. This is a thousand years before Jesus was born. Once he was born, what could he, for, for a thousand years, the Jewish people were probably saying, what are they talking about? What is this? And then Matthew brings it to light in the New Testament. When they had crucified him, when they had pierced him, they divided up his garments by casting lots. John chapter 19 says, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. Immediately blood and water came out. Guys, this is it. This is why when Jesus led people through these, they would say, my heart burns within me. 
Guys, Jesus Christ is the only expected man in human history. There is only one person in all of human history where thousands of things were written about him before he was born. And he came here preaching the good news. He came here preaching the eternal gospel, that God has offered us eternal life, and that we are to turn away from darkness, turn away from sin, and believe in Jesus Christ, fully man and fully God. He is the image of the invisible God, the Bible calls him. He is the Messiah, and Christ died for the ungodly. Have a great day.